If you work in youth ministry, you've probably already heard of deconstruction, and you probably have some pretty strong feelings about it. You're either all for it, think it's a great thing, or you think it's the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, And I think the reason for that is because we have two different definitions of deconstruction floating around, and we don't always know which one we're talking about. So we're going to start this episode off by defining deconstruction. Then we're going to talk about why it's happening and what we can do to help. Because in a perfect world, there would be no deconstruction, no matter which definition you've got for it. So let's get into it. My name is Michael Collins. I'm the host of Maximize Youth Ministry and creator of MaximizeYouthMinistry.com, and I hope you love the show today. So, what is deconstruction? Uh, Well, when some people hear deconstruction, they think of picking the, the bits of legalism out of Christianity so that you can grow closer to God. And some people hear deconstruction and think of getting rid of the parts of Scripture that you don't like so that you can do whatever you want and conform Christianity, quote-unquote, to whatever you want it to be. Um, Now, obviously, those are two very different things, uh, and it's not always clear to us which one we're talking about or which one our youth are talking about when they might bring this up. But it's something that we need to define and understand what which version of deconstruction we are talking about, because one of those things is really good. If you have a lot of legalism, um, if you grew up in an environment that made you feel like you need to do more to earn God's love or anything like that, um, it's good to get rid of that. Those get rid of those things because that will get in the way of your relationship with him. Because it's not about earning love, right? If you hear deconstruction and just think of trying to change or cherry pick parts of the Bible to fit your lifestyle or however you want to live, and and trying to conform Scripture to yourself, it might make you upset. And it is an upsetting thing, but a misconception that I think a lot of people have especially in church nowadays, about deconstruction, is that it's some new movement and it's they're making it popular to abandon your faith. Um, and I don't think that's the case. Uh, deconstruction has been around as long as Christianity has been around. Um, it's just that we have a new word for it now. But people have been walking away from their faith f- forever. Um, and people have been picking out legalism and and getting rid of bad teaching forever. I mean, after all, isn't that what Jesus did with the Pharisees? Told them, called them out on all the things they had added to Scripture to try to, to suit it, to make it more what they wanted it to be instead of what it was. Deconstruction's been around a long time. We just haven't always called it deconstruction. Don't let a new word scare you. But... It is a problem. Either way, I mean, whether you're talking about the good kind of deconstruction, where we're we're getting closer to what Scripture is supposed to mean and the truth of it instead of the culture that we may have built around it, or the bad type of deconstruction where we're just getting rid of anything that we don't like. Um, either way, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have either one of those because... For one, we wouldn't have anybody abandoning their faith and just getting rid of things they don't like. And two, we wouldn't have anybody picking out the bad parts or the parts that were just added in there as part of a culture 
because there, that wouldn't happen because it's an ideal world, right? But let's talk about why this is happening and, and so we can understand a little bit better what we can do to fix it. Well, the first reason that deconstruction exists, in my opinion, is just bad teaching. People teaching their opinion and passing it off as gospel truth. Um, so if you come across this, if you are doing it, stop. If you see someone else doing it, talk to them. Um, but we have to make sure that our teaching is coming from scripture and that we're not inserting our own opinion and teaching that as if it is scripture. We can give our opinion about scripture. Obviously that's a good thing. We should discuss it and we should try and teach scripture, but we shouldn't, uh, add anything to it. That's when we start to make mistakes. Another big reason that deconstruction exists is unanswered questions. If your youth are asking you questions and you're not answering them or you're trying to avoid talking about them, you're just setting them up to walk away from their faith. The thing is, if they if you're not answering their questions, they're not going to stop asking questions. They're just going to go to somebody else for the answers. And that's probably going to be the internet. Um, so I and everyone, I think, would probably much rather you talk to them about it than just try to avoid it because the questions aren't going away. They're going to just start asking other people. And the other thing, the other reason in my three reason list here of why deconstruction exists is relationships not or the lack of relationships not having any real relationships your relationship with your youth is your most important ministry tool i think that's okay to say i you know there's the old saying probably by ben franklin or somebody who said nobody's going to care what you know until they know that you care right that's just as true in youth ministry as it is in anything else. If your youth don't have a real relationship with you, they're not going to believe anything that you try to teach them. They're not going to care about your real relationship with Jesus. They need to know that you love and care about them before they're going to take anything that you say seriously. And if you are unwilling to answer their questions, (laughs) then that's going to seriously hurt your relationship with them. So what can we do? Well, we should need to try to create an environment in our youth ministry where it is safe to ask questions. If somebody feels like they are going to be ridiculed, um, not even not by you, obviously, uh, if you think that your youth are going to feel ridiculed by you, then you probably should find another job. I don't know. That's awful. But uh, the other youth, you know, if they feel like, if you, let's say you have a new member in your youth ministry, your youth group, your camp, your school um, comes in and they just, they're new to the faith. They've never been to a Christian youth program before and they feel like they're behind. They don't know as much as everybody else. Um, they might not feel like it's safe to ask questions because they might feel like, oh, well, my questions are going to be stupid questions. Uh, people are going to think that I'm dumb if I don't know all the names of all 12 disciples or 
whatever else. And if it's not an environment where it's safe for them to ask questions, they're not going to ask questions. And if they're not going to ask their questions, their questions are not going to get answered, at least not by you. And then again, we come back to getting answers from the internet. So try to make sure that you have an environment in your youth ministry where it is safe and encouraged to ask questions, even stupid questions. Stupid questions are the questions that most need asking, because if you don't ask a stupid question, then you're stupid until you get the answer, right? (laughs) Um, So you want to ask your questions, get them to ask their questions, I should say, um, so that you can have a discussion about it and make sure they, and do everything you can to make sure they feel like They can ask questions. The second thing we can do is teach our youth why we believe what we believe, not just what we believe. They need to know why we believe so they can figure out why they are going to believe. If we are unwilling to give a reason for our belief, then they're just going to assume that we don't have one or not a good enough one uh, to share, right? So teach them why. Get, let them ask why and answer them. And if you don't know the answer, which brings us to number three, admit when you don't know. If you feel like you have to have the answer, uh, you don't. That's just your pride. And you're going to hurt your relationships because let me tell you something, the youth in your youth ministry are not that stupid. They can tell when you are trying to make something up or that you're stumbling and you don't actually know. And if you don't know, you shouldn't be just trying to make something up because that's, again, we come back to bad teaching, right? So admit when you don't know. It's okay not to know everything. Uh, They're not going to start to lose respect for you just because you don't know the answer to every single question. So admit when you don't know and tell you know go find the answer together with them it's a great opportunity to build relationships and learn together and then the last thing is love love the kids love your youth even when they mess up if they're ashamed to talk to you about their mistakes they're going to hide them from you it's kind of like the questions thing um if you if your youth your kids, your, the children in your program feel like you're going to judge them and just lecture them when they make a mistake and admit it to you, they're not going to stop making mistakes. They're just going to stop telling you about them. They're going to stop talking to you when they're struggling. Uh, so don't do that. Tell, tell them the truth, but the truth in love, focusing on the love part, right? It's okay to tell them, hey, what you did was wrong, but what we don't want to do is make them feel like we, our only goal is to try to get them to feel bad about themselves or that they should be ashamed. Um, We don't want shame. Shame comes from pride. We want humility and peace, things that come from the Spirit, right? So, love your youth. That'll help you build relationships. That'll help them to make them want to know more about what you're trying to teach them. And that'll help keep them from walking away from the faith later on. And hopefully they won't need to pick away any bad teaching or legalism that gets thrown in because we're not going to do any of that, right guys? Anyway, 
I hope this episode has been helpful to you. If you want to know more, find me on Instagram, all that stuff in the show notes. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode. At the time of recording this, we have five reviews on Apple Podcasts and four on Spotify. I would love it if you could go and increase that number by one. It'd mean a lot to me and let me know that you are out there, you're listening, and you're enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening.